and welcome back to Teed Up, an original podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to check out this episode on YouTube so you can take a look at our lovely faces. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I'm Isabel Salaji. I'm Sunny Tapia. I'm Christina Agresta. And I'm Naoki Gima. Thank you, everybody, for being here. So, Naoki, Sunny, a lot has happened in Long Beach State sports this last week. Could you walk us through what went down and maybe what's coming up in the coming week? Yeah, um, spring. the spring semester is a, is a semester that sports is just booming. The athletics department just has a lot going on. Um, the main headline, uh, women's basketball. Lucky number 13, 13 Woo! straight wins. They beat UC Santa Barbara by three, right? Uh, Makai Berry led the way with 21 points. Tori Harris had a, a rough start to the game, but we finished with a double-double with 17 points and 14 rebounds. Sonny, you were you were at the game. Can you run us through some things that happened? I mean, the game as a whole was really wild to be at. And the thing about it is it was so sad that there were no fans. There, like I could count how many fans there were. And it's really upsetting because that was their 13th straight win. Such a big deal. And they're just on fire. And I mean, the men's team, they just lost. And but they still get more attendance. And it's really weird to see. But yeah, I mean, overall, the game was wild. Uh, the team was down 22 to UC Santa Barbara and they ended up coming back. It's like they went into halftime and just came back out with a completely different mindset. It was so wild. It was like they flipped a switch. So, yeah, it was really cool, really awesome to see Makai Berry. She showed out 21 points um, and she was showing a lot of emotion out there. She just like just started picking up her teammates and telling them, like, we can do this, like we're going to win. And she was telling me in the post game press conference that this game was so important that they were not going to lose. That was her mindset. So. It really showed they have a lot of heart, a lot of grit. They are the true number one in the Big West, mm-hmm. and they deserve it. Yeah, um, and then on, on the other side, uh, men's basketball. They had a really good stretch for maybe about a month or so, and then now they've lost their third consecutive game to UC Santa Barbara. Um, some bright spots, right? The Triores, Lacina and Abubakar both recorded double-doubles. Um, and then Marcus Sohonis, the most efficient scorer in the nation, finally shoots over 50%, has an efficient scoring game, be it it came in a loss, but he also had five turnovers. The nice. the, the beach as a whole had 16 turnovers to Santa Barbara's. I, w- I want to say it's nine turnovers. It like I said it in the last episode, when we win both the rebound battle and the turnover battle, we win games. Mm-hmm. But when you lose either one or lose both, we give up games. And we only lost by five, right? When you give up seven extra turnovers uh, uh, compared to the other team, you can't win games. Those are possessions that you're giving up every single, basically almost every single time you're down the floor. Mm-hmm. And so, but I mean, some bright spots on on the offensive end. I mean, Marcus Onis looked like in this game, found his shot. We were extremely efficient from the field. We were, we were scoring extremely efficiently, but it's just... We got to take care of the ball. Um, I said in the last episode, we have to take care of the ball. And um, and it looks like, you know, as of when, as of how we've uh, found our stride offensively, right, started hitting our shots, but then we're still not taking care of the ball. We're committing these careless turnovers and um, sending them to the free throw line. We had 20 personal fouls as a team, right? Um, allowing them to shoot 21 free throws to our seven, Right. They tripled us in free throw attempts. So, um, yeah, we can be giving up points like that on the free throw line and then giving them extra possessions. But um, 
yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing to go through right now, and they're dropping further and further down the standings in the Big West. It's looking like they're it's going to be a tough tough time for them in the Big West tournament. And then you you know if they had hopes of seeing a national championship tournament, it's the women do. I mean, yeah. the, the women are on it. Yeah, the women are on it. You know, this is a you love to see it. You just love to see that the women are finally getting it together. You know, they're finally like getting this nice stretch of games and thirteen mm-hmm. straight games, and then the men are just. Having a, having a little bit of a stinker. They're struggling. Yeah, they're struggling. So, um, I don't want to just slander the men the whole time, That's but probably then, for the best. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's hard not to. It's I hard mean, not it's, to. You have to perform. Yeah. yeah. Um, because then the, the dirt bags dropped a game to LMU. It's uh, it's a tough time to be a, a male athlete <laughs> a man right now. Beach sports. <laughs> yeah. well, we, I mean, we we love you guys just the same. We'll still oh, continue yeah. to support you guys just the same. But I mean. Yeah, it's it's a tough time out here. But Ian Gilligan, right? Probably, I think he's probably the best golfer in collegiate sports right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? That dude's just absolutely goaded. Amazing name, by the way, Ian Gilligan. It's, it's an amazing. Uh, and he had a, a course record when he when they were in Hawaii. So you love to see that. And then uh, men's volleyball, right? That's mm-hmm. a bright spot in men's sports. Right, ranked right. number fourth in the nation, not just in California. But number in- fourth or number fourteen? Number four. Number Beach four. volleyball Number is fourteen. Beach volleyball is fourteen. Mm-hmm. But that's that's their preseason ranking placed them at fourteen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So you love to see that. Um and then you mentioned it earlier, um, the attendance disparity in, in these games, right? Mm-hmm. We we go cover games and you know, we go to men's and it's pretty much packed, right? Seventy five percent of the bleachers are pretty much full. Mm-hmm. Um, our student section is always rocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but for women, no one. I think it, I saw four students in the student section. Yeah. It's so sad. It, it, sad, it saddens me when I go cover games for women's basketball or when I see coverages of women's games and you can see the yellow of the student section. Um, it it hurts. You know what I mean? When you can see the bright yellow of the student section on the women's basketball game and then when you look at the men's basketball coverage, it's you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does. It, it's it's such a sad thing, and we, we we're not gonna get too deep or too that deep mm-hmm. into it. But it's just support the women's sports, man. Yeah, exactly. We're booming. Like yeah. you know, women's water polo, seventh in the nation. Like they just beat Toronto. Right. Women's sports is the it thing right now in in athletics. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, support support your women in sports, man. Moral exactly. of the story: Go to the women's games. Go to yes. the women's one hundred percent. If you're a student yes. here, you have no excuse not to be there. It's free. Yeah. Get in for free. It's yeah. free. free. Yeah. And, it's and you get to watch our team win. Yeah, Unlike instead of the lose. Men's games. Yeah. yeah. Instead, That's all oh, we might have lost by five, but hey, look, look at the dunk. No, come on. No, mm-hmm. I like no. dunks too. I, I love basketball, but like, it's like, dude, when you see like a women's basketball team that can hit like 23 pointers in a game mm-hmm. you know what i mean and come back by 22 uh, the men exactly the men have done it don't get me wrong but i think it's a lot better when you come back from 22 points down against you see santa barbara who's like one of our greater rivals oh, in the yeah. conference it you just you gotta support the women man yeah come on yeah and exactly on that note this is actually a special episode of Dot. we're going to be focusing on women in sports to celebrate the start of Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. So to kick things off, our special guest, Christina, is going to be telling us a bit about her area of sports specialization, motorsports. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Christina. If you don't know me, I'm the managing editor at the Daily 49er. Um, And the basically the motorsport season is coming back up soon. Mm -hmm. And I believe March 3rd through 5th, that's going to be the first weekend of F1 season, preseason testings this weekend. 
IndyCar's coming back up, and we are seeing yet another season of no women, just whatsoever. I mean, throughout the entire history of Formula One, there has been four women who have driven in a Grand Prix. Only one has scored points, and we have never seen a full-time F1 driver Mm -hmm. who is a woman. Mm -hmm. And we don't have anyone who's even close to reaching that right now. And it's kind of crazy because motorsport is the one sport where physicality has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with it. Men and women can compete on completely the same field because it's just about the car Mm -hmm. and it's about how you can drive a car. Anyone can drive a car. Like it it doesn't matter like your physicality or your strength. It's all about that strategy. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to figure out, you know, as female motorsport fans, how are these motorsports like trying to promote women Mm -hmm. into the sport? So Right now, we have, um, there used to be this thing called W Series. It was really great. It was an all-female racing series that raced uh, in the same weekend as F1. And this one driver, her name is Jamie Chadwick. She's fantastic, like Mm -hmm. truly amazing. And she won two times in a row. W Series was getting all this traction, and then they didn't have enough money anymore. And so the series completely folded, and all the women who were racing in that series don't have any drives for this year. Um, and so F1 started this like F1 Academy thing where they're like saying they're promoting female drivers, but I actually haven't seen anything come out of that. So Mm. who's to say, Mm -hmm. um, and then the F1 team Alpine is doing this race her initiative, which I actually think is pretty cool. They are supporting a bunch of young female carters. Um, it's a few young female single seater drivers through their careers and hopefully they'll reach the high levels, but yeah, there's just no representation mm-hmm. in motorsport for women, really, except for like in the rallying field. Yeah. And it sucks. And do you think that's <clears throat> due to just like a? It, it can't be just a lack of interest in having women in motorsports, right? Because oh. I'm sure there are many motorsports fans who would welcome that. right? No, like all of the motorsport fans I've met online, just like in fan spaces are all women. Mm-hmm. And I know so many women who are really interested and there's so many young carters. It's they don't get sponsored. Mm-hmm. One time, um, at another publication I work for, we interviewed this driver, Tatiana Calderon, and she was working in IndyCar. She had a drive sponsored by this team Rocket, but she was having such a hard time getting sponsorship from other people. And Rocket ended up not being able to pay her funds and her career just ended mid-season. It's people don't want to put backing behind women because mm-hmm. they don't trust it. Which is insane because if you look, I mean, I know it's a very different motorsport. Yeah, yeah. But like if you look at NASCAR, you you had Danica Patrick and Danica Patrick was huge and her following was massive. And she had, you know, sponsorships, endorsements, uh, you know. So many of them. Yeah. So I I mean, is it a situation where it really will just take one woman like breaking through an IndyCar or F1? I mean, yes and no. Like, I think in the NASCAR space, oddly enough, like I think people view NASCAR as like a very like men's club sport, mm-hmm. but it is so welcoming and open to women. I think there's this like inflated idea that like only men can drive single seater cars which is it's completely yeah. dumb. But I yeah, I think it'll take one woman to like truly break through. Um mm-hmm. we saw that almost with Susie Wolf back in the day. She's probably like the most iconic woman in motorsport. She was a test and reserve driver for the Williams F1 team. She drove a ton. She's actually married to an F1 team principal and then she became the CEO of a Formula E team and ran it and was the only woman to ever mm-hmm. do that in that sport. So we have people like her, but we're going to need more. We also have Sabine Schmitz, um, 
rest in peace, Sabine, we love you. She was uh, this amazing driver who was called the queen of the Nürburgring. The Nürburgring is this track out in Germany Mm -hmm. that is like famous for people going out and trying to get the fastest lap possible. And anyone can go. I mean, a lot of like famous drivers did random people off the streets. Jeremy Clarkson did. Mm -hmm. And Sabine Schmitz beat Jeremy Clarkson and a lap on the Nürburgring and like an old beat up van. And it was the most iconic thing I've ever seen. So women have the talent. They mm-hmm. really do. They just need the support. Top, yeah. top Gear was elite. I love Gary Clarkson. I, I do love Top Gear. And shout out to Top Gear, actually, because they do a good job of highlighting like female drivers. Mm-hmm. They had like Jess Hawkins on one time. They had um, Abby Eaton. They had Sabine Schmitz on a bunch like they. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, they're really yeah, supporting them. They're so great. They're also very funny. So yeah, they're, they're hilarious. <laughs> you don't even have to like understand motorsports mm-hmm. to appreciate mm-hmm. Top Gear. Oh, it's just cool to see the cars. It's oh, yeah. so funny. And they'll do like crazy challenges where like they race uh, a plane in like a sport car. Yeah. So, or they'll like drive amazing. through a freeway with like the car filled up completely with water. Yeah. And there was the- one where they bungee jumped in a car yeah. off of a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> so casual things. Yeah, yeah. Just casual. Okay. Well, right. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier that, I mean, motorsport is really one of the only sports where the physicality between male and female doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. But then you ask any person hey can you name me an f1 driver they go schumacher they go hamilton they mm-hmm. go verstappen and it's like okay can you name me one female f1 driver you just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's just the it's just the men become so mainstream because everybody talks about them mm-hmm. all the time right how great lewis hamilton has been mm-hmm. and how great schumacher was and how the rivalry between verstappen and hamilton will like it's like the the rivalry of this generation yeah um we need some of that kind of heat in, in, F, in f1 uh, and women yeah you know what absolutely. i mean like bring that up and it might just take one or two get get that rivalry going get a good one going and then it'll like get it onto that mainstream level so and that's what i loved about w series it was all ladies and there was like real intense rivalries mm-hmm. even like caitlin jenner owned a team in w series which was okay. very random nice no but Kate. it was like it was a place where you saw that like intense female rivalry mm-hmm. and it was awesome and then like the ladies would, like take off their helmets and their hair was beautiful and their makeup was not and i was like yes like this women is, can do this too. This is what I'm saying. Like, I there's no good reason for these like sponsors to not be. I mean, if you have like hot women in F1, I just don't see it as like a detriment to the sport. No. I think it would help a lot. I mean, like Tommy Hilfiger, um, you have you have Tommy Hilfiger, you have the Alpha Tower clothing line, you have like these high-end hotels. They're all mm-hmm. sponsors of these F1 teams. Imagine having like an awesome woman spokesperson. Like that would help your brand. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Give women a chance in motorsport, on, please. Man. That's what we're saying. All right. Thank you, Christina. So moving on from motorsports, we're going to go into the tastiest portion of the pod. And to fill the void left by our very own Maddie G this week, Naoki will be leading us into pickle break. Yes. Pickle break. So uh, yeah, Maddie G abandoned me this week. He went to <laughs> spring training in Arizona. Um, I'm rocking. Uh, it's Celtics green, but it's the closest thing that I have to anything pickle related that I have in my wardrobe. <laughs> um but um on this pickle break we're going to highlight a couple athletes that we actually have in this school that have uh pickle related names all right uh katie dill there it is amazing Mm -hmm. come on the pod pod. we're gonna get her and then what was his name like matt pickle from santa barbara yeah Yeah, matt pickles um and then we also have uh, Elisa Portillo, which is a Portillo's is a restaurant that sells like pickle centric things, and it, it Matt Matty G showed me the menu of it yesterday. 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> You're not that. a pickle no. guy. I'm not a pickle guy. No. Um, I, but I just love this segment. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, he's an ally of pickles. Yes. Yeah. And then I don't know how we've gone through almost four episodes without mentioning pickleball, mm, one of the no. fastest growing yeah. Yeah. recreational sports ever. Yeah. Start playing it now. Yeah. Like, and then we had like the prominence of. I mean, this is a women-centric uh, episode, right? The mm-hmm. um, the the amount of women that are leading the way on the pickleball front and like on a professional level, right? Mm-hmm. Melissa McCurley, she's the founder of pickletournaments.com, pickleballtournaments.com. So if you ever guys want to compete, there are places you want to, you can compete in pickleball. Like mm-hmm. you can become a legendary pickleball player. Thanks Add to Melissa. Th- yeah. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> um, Stacey Townsend, the founder of the pickler.com. Not, not a big fan of the name. Not gonna lie. The pickler? That's clever. Pickler. It's called it's the clever. pickler.com. It's a. Uh, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. We'll just leave, just it, leave, it, leave, it, as leave is. it there. Yeah. It's great. It's it, great. It does sound like a Batman villain. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh, a little bit. Uh, or like a pickle centric comic book villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have like yeah. Dylan, Dill the Superman, and then like there's the pickler. The pickler. And he yeah. just like leaves pickles wherever he goes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Or he turns you into pickle. And then like, yeah, and then like okay. the pickler sidekick could be like the chickler. It's just like a female sidekick. It's like a Robin type thing, you know. Not the chickler. Not the, ch- the chickler. <laughs> All right. Choices. And, yes. <laughs> if you weren't here for the last episode, a chickle is something that everyone should try. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. We're not rehashing not. the chick, the chickle. And then, uh, the whole reason why this whole thing started is because of the Portland pickles, right? Armando Bresenio signed with the Portland pickles. Mm-hmm. There was once upon a time there was a female Portland Pickles player. Yes. Yeah, Kelsey Whitmore. She her career was relatively short on the Portland Pickles, but you got to show love that the Portland Pickles are incorporating women on, onto the squad Absolutely. and um get more women on the on the Portland Pickles, yeah. man. Any 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 baseball team. Absolutely. And anyone on the Portland Pickles Come on the podcast. For real. Join our pickle break. Yeah, we would we, love to have you. I would love to get Dylan the pickle on the podcast. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> it, I would love that. But yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you, Naoki and Maddie G. We miss you. Have fun in Arizona. Okay. Moving on from pickle break, we are now going to move into looking at women in pro sports. Um, women in professional sports, they're there. They put in the same amount of work as men, but oftentimes they don't receive the same attention, the same accolades, certainly not the same pay. Um, but for years now, one of the more prominent leagues for women uh, has been the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's been in the news a lot in the last year, um, especially because of Brittany Griner and her situation, um, as well as just the, the WNBA is making strides like it, it's it's a fantastic league to watch. Um, and like I said, some big things have happened in its off season. Boys, you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Oh, it's great. It's I love the WNBA. I am a huge supporter of it. I always have been. Um, it's just been fun to watch because it's basketball, but it's different. Mm-hmm. It's like they have their own style, just like anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so fun. But I mean, big names that you have to talk about when you mention the WNBA is obviously Diana Taurasi. Phenomenal. Honestly, she's probably the WNBA goat. I mean, Mm -hmm. she her offensive longevity is ridiculous. She's comparable in longevity to LeBron James in the NBA. She has an offensive superpower. It is crazy. She does not have the most championships. She has three, but. That isn't really a determining factor for me in that debate. 
So, I mean, she just re-signed with the Mercury on a multi-year deal, which is great for her. Um, and then Isabel, like you mentioned, with Brittany Griner. I mean, obviously, that was a huge talking point because mm-hmm. of everything that happened in Russia and how she was being taken into a Russian prison and all that stuff. And so, I mean, but she's back. Like, mm-hmm. photos were just released the other day of her shooting around. Mm-hmm. And that is so cool to see. I'm mm-hmm. so happy that she's back. She was a great player before she left. Mm-hmm. And I think she can still have that same capability. I think yeah. she's still going to do really well. Um, and she took a 32% pay cut, mm-hmm. wow. which is huge. I mean, because like you also mentioned, Isabel, like they don't get paid the same mm-hmm. as NBA players. Mm-mm. So to take a 32% pay cut is crazy. Yeah. It reduces it almost to nothing compared mm-hmm. to NBA contracts, which are hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. over time. And yeah. it's ridiculous. And I mean, if, even if you compare it to like the off court, um, like ad deals and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like LeBron a billion dollar nike contract mm-hmm. that is ridiculous Lifetime and deal. in the britney mm-hmm. griner situation i think it's especially troubling that she of all people took the pay cut because yeah. she played in russia during the wnba off seasons to make more money because she doesn't get paid enough mm-hmm. in the wnba so the fact that she's re-signed a contract with the mercury um and took that large of a pay cut after everything that happened yeah that's i don't know that's messed up I mean, yeah, it's it's really crazy that she did that, but 100% supporter. Oh, yeah. I think she's going to do great when she gets back in the groove of everything. Um, but yeah, and I mean, and then as far as like the whole goat conversation, like I mentioned, Diana Taurasi, honestly, I feel like she is the goat. But a name that people always forget about is Cynthia Cooper. That's Cynthia true. Cooper played for the Houston Comets. She was influential in bringing the high low pick and roll to oh, the yeah. WNBA. Mm-hmm. She dominated that little sequence. And that is how she became, in my opinion, the best scorer ever in WNBA history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was crazy. She had four rings, four finals MVPs. Yeah. She just dominated and she changed the WNBA like mm-hmm. in, yeah. in a way that will never be reversed, um, which is great. She brought in WNBA moves. Uh, or, I'm sorry, NBA moves into the WNBA. Yeah. And that is just so cool to see. But yeah, I feel like a lot of people forget about her. I will say Diana Taurasi, though, she is the ultimate GOAT just because yeah. overall longevity, offensive superpower. But um, yeah, and then another phenomenal player that ended up just dropping out of the league by mm-hmm. saying that she wanted to step away for personal healing and personal growth was Liz Cambage. Yeah. She was my favorite player, still is, but she was my favorite player in the WNBA. She averaged in her career 15.8 points per game, 53.9% from the field. And that's in 167 games in her career. Step it up, Marcus. So exactly. 100% Marcus. Get with it. But then she also shot 75.8% from the free throw line, which for a big man in basketball. Yeah. It's, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. You don't it could be a you, lot worse. You You'd be like Shaq. Yeah, you don't want to foul her at the end of games. No. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was that whole video of her just doing post moves on like oh, yeah. men and stuff and just yeah. dominating. And it was amazing. Oh. So, yeah, she was a force. But she withdrew, like I said, because she wanted to focus on healing and personal growth. She did that August 15th of 2022 is when she announced that. And that was just after she was traded to the L.A. Sparks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so upset. Because mm-hmm. she was on the aces for so long. Yep. And I was so upset because I was like, 
I can go see her play now. I don't right. have to go all the way to Vegas. I can see her in the Staples Center. Well, now crypto, but I could see her in Staples and actually look at my favorite player. Like mm-hmm. it was going to be so fun, but then she left. But I mean, even though she has all the accolades of being a four-time all-star, she also holds the single game scoring record, which is 53 points in a game. Damn. So she dominated that. And, but I mean, she left for mental health purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I feel is really important. And unfortunately I feel like a lot of people overlook the mental health aspect yeah. in women's sports oh, yeah, more sure. than they do in men's. Yeah. Like whenever a, a male athlete says, oh, I'm leaving for mental health purposes, people really don't think twice about it. They're just like, okay, yeah, you do you, like take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. They're good for you. But when mm-hmm. female athletes do it, it's a much bigger issue. It's like, oh, well, you don't really have a lot to deal with. And it's like, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. They have to deal with pay insecurity and they have to deal with the fans not showing up like mm-hmm. if you ask anyone on the street if you were across the street there was actually a video of a host that asked a random person on the street in uh arizona and they were across the street from the phoenix home stadium for the WNBA, and they asked him do you know who plays there they were like i have no idea it's crazy and it's like support it yeah it's not hard but yeah mental health is very overlooked in women's sports and i mean that was also seen i mean in tennis no oh absolutely i think um tennis tennis and the wta the women's tennis association um it's it's one of the few uh sports industries sports associations that draws relatively equitable crowds along gender lines For like sure. if you watch uh you know a women's final match at the u.s open the stadium's full like the stadium's as full as it is for the men's yeah. final math- match the next day um and you know tennis is rare in that but that being said there's still massive uh disparity in the prize money for men and women players um as well as you know kind of crazy rules that women still have to abide by in terms of like uh the outfits that they wear on the court and the way they have to act still have to wear white at wimbledon still have even to, if they're on their period exactly <laughs> still have to wear the skirts i mean mm-hmm. there's a lot and then that doesn't even take into consideration just the like day-to-day sexism and misogyny that these players face um and just the added pressure like sunny was saying that comes with being a woman in sports right and like all of the things that they have to deal with and some of the top players in women's tennis have been really vocal about their mental health struggles in recent years i think they've become in they are becoming increasingly vocal about it because they realize how important it is for you know female athletes in their position to be vocal about it because there are so many young athletes in you know junior high high school college that are mm-hmm. dealing with the same things it needs to be talked about um and one of the you know biggest examples of this recently in tennis has been naomi osaka she's won several grand slams now she's you know been number one in the world and she withdrew from the french open for mental health reasons uh she has been very uh, transparent about her mental health struggles due to the like scrutiny that she's under mm-hmm. as one of the top players in the Especially world. Especially from the press. Her relationship Especially. with the press has been really fraught throughout mm-hmm. her career and they've been so intense with her, especially at a mm-hmm. young age too. And I think that's really affected her ability yeah. to 
get her head in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And if you like watch an interview with her, she's the most soft spoken, oh, yeah. nice person. And to just observe the scrutiny that she's under, it's really devastating. And you know, it all started with her first win of a Grand Slam at the US Open in the final against Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. And that was a controversial match. Yes. And everybody was on Osaka's case because they're like, Serena should have won, blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of all started there. And I feel like she hasn't been able to like, shake that off and it's it's really it's it's hard to see mm-hmm. um and aside from naomi osaka you had ash barty who was the number one ranked player in the world for women's tennis and she retired at 25 that's mm-hmm. like the prime of your tennis playing career she retired because she no longer had the emotional drive to compete at the top level and that's devastating that's such mm-hmm. a loss for not only women's tennis but women's sports generally when you have top athletes like Ash Barty, like Liz Cambage, stepping away from the game in their prime because they just can't deal with the pressure anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, it's it's devastating. I think it speaks to like when you know you're competing at this high level, you also have to love it still. Mm-hmm. And when that cr- scrutiny keeps coming up yeah. and it's just outweighing your love of the sport, that that makes you want to leave. Yeah. And and it's good for them. I mean, it'll be sad to see Ash go, but hoping. She's yeah. happy. Oh, and absolutely. She feels better. Like we support their personal choice. Mm-hmm. But you know, as sports fans and as female sports fans, yes. <laughs> it's so aggravating because you're like, can you please just leave these women alone? Can you mm-hmm. cut them an equal check as the men? Like this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hate to see it. You hate to see it. All right. Well, moving on from tennis, uh, Naoki, why don't you tell us a little bit about the National Women's Soccer League? Yeah, uh, it's a relatively new, newer league. Um, it kind of gives. These women in collegiate sports and even and more recently in high school sports, mm-hmm. somewhere to go, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere to play professionally, though, where um, you don't have to aim as high as being a part of the Olympic team mm-hmm. or the World Cup team. Right. Um, the number one pick in this past year's dra- in this year's draft was a girl, uh, Alyssa Thompson, sh- straight out of high school. Number wow, one crazy. overall pick, Angel City FC. And then um, in the more notable draftee was uh, Lena Solano, the former star Long Beach State soccer player who this mm-hmm. past season had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. She mm-hmm. uh, is third all time in goal scored and points responsible for for this school. And um, we, she is now in the you know in the list of uh, beach athletes that made it mm-hmm. made a pro. Right, we don't really have a lot of them, but um, <laughs> on on that front, but she's only the second player ever to get drafted. Right, mm-hmm. and so I mean the NWSL has given a lot of opportunities to to women who coming out of college they're like okay now what Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's like you know before it was just like okay like after that you kind of go to the olympics or go Mm -hmm. join the world cup team and not everybody makes you know you'll go play overseas or something right um like in this past draft there were um three universities that had their first selections iowa state the university of arizona and the university of new mexico um May, they all had their first draftees mm-hmm. you know the, the first place coming out of their school so it, it's it's good to see that um when you know sometimes we these athletes that they leave college and they don't know where to go mm-hmm. right they don't get drafted to the leader they want to go to or you know their their first option has always been okay i'm gonna go play overseas mm-hmm. now you don't have to do that anymore yeah. you can you have opportunities they deserve here. to showcase their talent on yeah. a professional mm-hmm. stage in their own like home country or like yeah. that because that's ridiculous and i think soccer like women's tennis somewhat at least it draws the crowds right like soccer is one of the biggest sports for women certainly in the u.s but definitely globally and so the fact that now there is a league that's giving opportunity maybe they're not getting the same pay or the same coverage media wise but they have the opportunity to go play pro now that's amazing hopefully i mean the 
NWSL will get to the same level as, you know, European leagues mm-hmm. in terms of drawing fans and in terms of compensating their yeah. their female. Or even know. to the MLS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even to the MLS and like, I mean, the, the MLS, I mean, it, it it's kind of a little bit of a joke, right? When when European footballers mm-hmm. want to kind of let their right off into the sunset, they go to <laughs> yeah. the MLS, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. We don't want that to be the NWSL. We wanted no. the, this to be a league where... A competitive league. Yeah. A competitive league mm-hmm. where stars shine, right? Exactly. Don't get me wrong, the MLS has their stars. Yeah, but I mean, like, I honestly, I didn't care about the LA Galaxy until David Beckham and Zlatan Ibrahimovic played here. Mm-hmm. And, was, and they were left. both European yeah. league players. Yeah, both of them boomed in Europe. Yeah. And that was their prime. So yeah. uh, I want, I would like to see the NWSL be a league where stu- superstars are born. Yeah. Not where superstars retire. No, and I think, I don't want to sound too controversial because I know I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but like <laughs> women's soccer on the national, international level in the US, like our women's team, so good infinitely better than the men's team we won the world cup didn't we win an olympic medal or two multiple multiple yeah (laughs) Yeah. and like the men's you know national team yeah olympic team we don't have anything to show for it so i think that makes the case of like just because they're women doesn't mean they're any less talented in fact our teams our women's teams are I mean, Better. just statistically yeah, in yeah. soccer, yeah. women are more talented than men yeah. in the U.S. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's all yeah. I'm saying. We'll go yeah. more accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. accomplished. Yeah. 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 On a head-to-head matchup, we're not going to get into all that. No. Yeah. Um, I'd wait, love to see it, though. I would love to see it. I will absolutely. I, I mean, you I want to see Meg Rapinoe just wipe the floor. Oh, oh absolutely. So fun. <laughs> it'd be so fun. Just like Dag Weston McKinney yep. in the face. Brendan oh. Aronson would have no chance. Oh, yeah. Love the man, but no. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for Season 1, Episode 4 of Teed Up, this very special episode. Uh, thank you to our editor, Aiden Swanpool, and our producer, Layla Nunez. Thank you to Christina for joining us today. If you want to stay up to date on the latest in Long Beach State sports, you can check out our website, daily49er.com, and follow us on socials at Daily49er. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Women's History Month, and we'll meet you back here next week. Support, Support the, women. the women. Support women's Go sports, please. Watch it's free. <laughs> we'll see you there. Thank you.